Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. For something really GNU, here's Gary GNU. This is Gary GNU, and the no GNU's is good GNU show. The only TV GNU's program guaranteed to contain no GNU's whatsoever. I'm gonna show you something beautiful. Everyone screaming for mercy. You want to protect the world, but you don't want it to change. You're all puppets. Tangled in strings. Strings. Okay, I think that's the last one of them. 
Oh, oh, hi, Neverlanders, you're here. Oh, good. Uh, I was just wrapping up our, our little haunted problem we had last month. I've got the last one of them right here. So, welcome to episode 48, a completely unhaunted Neverland. Whew. Oh, well, I am your host, Jeremy. I am the Pan. Uh, I hope you brought your pixie with you so we can fly away into Neverland and have some fun this week, because uh, we're going to take a look back at an old television show that hopefully many of you remember watching when you were young. Uh, we're going to get together with Shaz Bazaar from Techno Retro Dads. Now you might ask, well, how are we going to do that? Well, uh, come with me over here. As you can see, uh, this kind of yellow-looking car type of thing over here, uh, this, well, this is the Space Coaster. Uh, I've kind of borrowed it, uh, you know, I... I have a hard time sometimes borrowing these things, although I do still have that TARDIS out back from a few episodes ago. If you miss out on when we rode around in a TARDIS, well, go back and check it out a few episodes ago. Uh, but this is the Space Coaster. I, I borrowed this from Baxter. Uh, he's kind of this big, kind of really cute clown. He's uh, he's not the scary type of clown, don't worry. Uh, if you met Baxter, you would like him. And hopefully most of you remember Baxter or have known him from before. Uh, but he let me borrow the space coaster, so uh, I'm actually going to leave Neverland and actually drive this thing into space so I can go pick up Shazbazar and we can talk about the great space coaster. But before we get into this thing, um, and don't worry, I have uh, installed seatbelts. And I have kind of figured out how to drive it. But before we get into this, uh, a real quick news thing kind of uh, just popped up over this weekend. The Seven Dwarves Mine Train in Walt Disney World actually had a small fire. Apparently the fireworks that were going off at Walt Disney World, one of them, I guess, landed on top of it and started a small fire. Uh, from every report I've seen, no one was injured. I've even heard tell that they've already got the ride open again, and it was only some cosmetic damage. So not as bad as it could have been, but still, you know, a little bit scary. Apparently they did have to close the park for a while to, just to, you know, for everyone's safety, get everybody out of there in case it did become a massive problem. It would have been terrible if it had actually destroyed the ride because of all the work they put into it and how cool the ride is, and it was kind of being popular at the moment. And I haven't gotten a chance to see it yet, <laughs> so I would have been pretty sad if it had actually burned down. Um, but other than that, uh, we'll leave the news to that. This was already kind of a big news week with, uh, of course, all the Marvel movies that were announced this week, which is, of course, very exciting. And if you missed our midweek episode, uh, go back and check that out as well. We kind of went through some of the announcements. Also, on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Podcast, I did post up where I was finding some video. Uh, also, on the Twitter feed, uh, at NeverlandPCast, you also found some video there where you could see the actual presentation that I found actually provided uh, by Inside the Magic. It's on his YouTube feed there for Ricky Briganti. So uh, you can also go, to, of course, to the Inside the Magic and check out that video as well. Uh, we've got something new, though, this week I want to tell you about before we get into this space coaster and go for a ride. I now have uh, a new way that you can actually donate or to help to support the show, because I do offer this to you free. There are costs that I do incur, and uh, I wanted to have a way that you could kind of help me out with it if you enjoy the show, but I also wanted to do something more, because I'm, I'm not sitting around to, to beg for money here. But uh, I have a Patreon link that you can now donate with, and Patreon is kind of an ongoing, sort of like Kickstarter, but it's ongoing. You will just decide, well, I want to donate you know, this amount per month to help Jeremy cover the costs of hosting the Neverland podcast. But here's what I'm going to do. Uh, and I've got links on the website so you can check out their website. But have you ever heard of a charity called Give Kids the World? 
Well, let me tell you a little bit about Give Kids the World. They take terminally ill children and their families, and they have a resort there around Walt Disney World. And so they let them, they bring them down to stay in the resort and go to Walt Disney World. So basically, you're giving kids a chance to go to Walt Disney World when they're they're seriously ill. And I really like that idea. And so. Any donations I receive every month from Patreon, I'm going to split that in half. And half of that money is going to go to Give Kids the World. Sound cool? I thought it was. So, yeah, if you would like to go and give generously to kind of help me out and also to help out ki- kids give, the, or give Kids the World, that would be a wonderful thing. You get to do two things with one donation, and you can do this every month. Uh, you can set it as recurring right there. Uh, so follow the links at NeverlandPodcast.com right to our Patreon page, and you can get that set up. But, uh, well, we've got a lot of things to talk about today, so I'm just going to get started. And uh, let's just hop into this Space Coaster thing and uh, see if we can fire it up and uh, be on our way. All right. Sit in here. Okay. All right. Let's go. Great Space Coaster, we'll explore a kind of ride, a fantasy, to a place where dreams fly fast and free. With new friends and new things to see, we'll spin you through the galaxy. On the Great Space Coaster, oh, on the Great Space Coaster, off we go. All right, Neverlanders, we have to make another stop here on our coaster. I swear I'm getting better at flying this thing, so I'm not going to crash into the giant fish skeleton. But we needed to make a stop, so we got to pick up somebody here. Should be coming along any minute. Uh, is anybody familiar with Techno Retro Dads? I know I've mentioned them before, but if you're not listening to that show and you like this show, you should check it out. But one of them is, uh, oh, oh, here he comes. Oh, yep, here we go, everybody. It is Shaz Bazaar. Hey, what's going on? Oh, man, I love this ride. Oh, yeah, it's uh, and I, I'm, I'm learning to drive it pretty well. I, I'm, you know, I had to borrow it from Baxter, and he usually drives this thing, but he's kind of busy. So I, he showed me where all the buttons were. Do you, have you test-driven this thing? Have you been driving it long, or is this going to be dangerous? Well, I've been driving it, uh, you know, as we were getting started with the show. I, you know, had it, you know, he could... I'm doing okay. I, I haven't hit anything yet. <laughs> well, we'll trust you. Yeah, well, well, we'll trust that I, you know, I don't text and drive, so we're okay. Excellent. Well, you know what? This is great to meet you. Well, it's great to meet you too, because I've been listening to your show for a while, and you're as goofy as I am. So it's awesome. I am definitely goofy. <laughs> Some of us just don't ever want to grow up. Exactly, and that is our major theme here in the Neverland Podcast, is we just don't want to grow up. We want to remember the stuff we really liked as a child, and I love that you're on your show. You love to share the stuff you grew up with with your children. Yeah, that's kind of the whole thrust of the show is uh, we were already doing it. You know, I've got most of the things that my kids have watched are from the 70s and 80s anyway, but... Um, then, then we came up with the idea of, you know, why not do a podcast that goes along with some of the things we love, and then maybe other people are doing the same thing, and if they're not, maybe they can start doing it. Yeah. 
And I love that you have the challenge every week to watch a certain show and eat a certain cereal. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it, it's worked uh, worked on raising my scale. Yeah, I, I unfortunately I'm not allowed to eat those sugary cereals anymore because I'm diabetic. It's so bad. Oh well, it uh, you know it's just better for you probably not to it not not to do it so much. Yeah, but uh, boy, every time you mention some of these cereals, I'm like, oh, I remember that stuff. It was so good. <laughs> some of them are better remembered than eaten. Yeah, like the uh, the monster cereals. Uh, I started eating those like a year ago, and I, um, I was I, I managed to even found it because they re-released Fruit Brute and, and everything. Yes, and I was just eating it, good, having a good time. And then uh, I had to do an A1C, and my blood sugar was way too high, and I got a good scolding. So <laughs> I looked at buying some this year, and my wife says, "No, you aren't. Not again. Not again." <laughs> okay, I'll be good. <laughs> but anyways, this coaster. Uh, for anyone who hasn't gotten a good look at it, which all of you listening, you can't really see us. Isn't that sad? But this is from The Great Space Coaster. Yay! What an awesome show. Yes. And hopefully everybody remembers this. And if you don't remember, we're going to we're gonna give you an assignment to check it out because there is a way that you can check this show out. And I'm going to tell you all about it here later. But, yeah, it was a great show. Uh, this started back in 1981 and ran all the way to 1986. And some of the people behind the show that created it actually went on and worked on, uh, well, Kermit Love. He was specifically, he was a Muppet designer from the right. originals and worked with Jim Henson. Uh, and then Jim Martin, uh, who went on later to work on Sesame Street. So this, this has got some good cred already going before they started making it. Yeah, the, you know, um, I I just think it's kind of funny. Kermit Love yeah. worked for Jim Henson. Yeah. Perfect name. Kind of relates there. You think he got an in with uh, his uh, resume? Probably. <laughs> I can imagine him looking at him like, Kermit Love. Kermit Love? Hi, my name is Kermit Love. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he should be the new voice for Miss Piggy. Oh, no, wait. No. <laughs> Because I have to say, it's hard to replicate Frank Oz. It really is. It really yeah. is. The guy that's doing it now, he's he's doing pretty good, but he just doesn't sound right. No, it's well, you know, and that's what it is. Whenever you, you get used to hearing somebody, it's hard to get the next one in your head. Yeah. And uh, it was hard for me to adjust to a new Kermit. It, it, yeah. it is getting better with the uh, the latest one is uh, Muppets Most Wanted. Yeah. I found I found I'm starting to get used to it now, but it took a little while. Yeah, it did. But it's kind of cool that you know that that same style of puppet is what you found on the Great Space Coaster because this was a live action show, mixture of some live action actors and a lot of different kind of variety of puppets. Some even uh, oh, I forgot. There's a specific name where you actually have it like a costume style puppet. Or I just called size. him a big puppet. Big puppet. <laughs> yeah. There probably is a name for that. Baxter is who you're talking about. Well, there's more than one. Remember, there was the, there's this. I think he used to like own Baxter. He was yes. a ringmaster or something. I can't remember his name, but he was kind of creepy. Empty promises. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, MT promises. Mt right. promises. Nice. Yes, Baxter with the clown had escaped from the evil ringmaster and had got us on his own. Found a great space coaster and found three young singers: Franz, Francine, Danny, and Roy. Or Roy, Fran, and Danny, as they would say during some of the openings. <laughs> Took them out to a habitable asteroid uh, that is called Coasterville, of all things, and made a complete band out of them. Yeah. It, this is this was my definition of a rock band in the early eighties. 
Oh, yeah, asteroid rock. <laughs> waka, waka, waka. <laughs> Which is appropriate because that's the kind of humor this show had. I mean, you had a go-riddle gorilla who would have... Well, they weren't difficult riddles, but they were riddle-style pun jokes. Yes. And then knock-knock usually would have a knock-knock joke of some sort. Right. Which is Gary, this weird, freakish woodpecker. Gary did more riddles than Gorriddle. Yeah, Gary he would Newton? Do, yeah, he would bring something out, and they'd say, No sweat, Gary, and they'd give the answer. <laughs> Remember that? Whenever he was doing his news show, he had, I, I can't think of an example right now. Uh, but he would throw something out there, and they'd say, No sweat, Gary, and they'd have the answer to his riddle. Golly, I don't remember any of those. Most of the ones I would get with him would, you know, he would be doing the uh, no news is good news. Gnu-gnu-s. So yeah. he was trying to have a non-news program, and he would he would have the guys in the back. He would say something like, "Well, hey, let's roll the film," and this film roll would actually go rolling past him. He goes, "No, not roll the film. <laughs> yes. Roll the film." <laughs> yes, I forgot about that. Yes, that was actually one out in my research today. That was one I watched. Now I just I about fell over. I said, "Yes." <laughs> It's corny humor, but that's what made the show great, is all the jokes were just so simple, yet so funny. And and you know, it had some educational benefit to it, too. We were talking about some of that. Well, we've talked about it several times on the show, educational cartoons and and educational programming. Not that that's all we watch, but we bring it up from time to time. And this one's one of those. It had a message for kids, good moral lessons, as well as, you know, just... uh, Well, there was a, a guy who would come and read. I think he wore a jogging suit. Speed reader. Uh, speed reader, yes. <laughs> yeah, and, and so they had like a book of the week, I think. And yeah. kind of encouraging kids to read, too. So it, it was funny. It was corny. It was fast-paced. Um, were they just half-hour shows? Yeah, just half-hour shows that would come on around where I'm at. It would come on really early in the morning, like at 6.30 or something like that. And the, the nice thing is, is 81, I hadn't quite started school, so I didn't have anywhere to be. And so I would go and watch the TV. Sometimes I'd go and sit with my mom before she would go to work and everything, and we'd watch it on there because the TV in our living room, like the, the color was slightly off, and so Knock Knock looked a little kind of bluish purple. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then I'd go watch it on my mom's TV in the bedroom, and there it was like, oh, Knock Knock is pink. Wow, what in the world? <laughs> That changes your whole perspective. Yeah, especially with the Huggles. The Huggles are at least bright little character, little little powder puff balls that were adorable little puppets. But they would be completely different colors. <laughs> I was so. wondering if they were monochromatic on that other TV. <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. I, there was a certain pixel of color that really didn't work on that TV, and that's the first TV I was allowed to actually have in my room when I got older. Ah. And so, so I would try to watch a movie, and they're like, yeah, this doesn't quite look right. But I, I kind of got used to it, you know, because that, that TV lasted forever. <laughs> sure, and it's a TV. Sure. So, yeah, but uh, the colors were just so bad, and I can't remember which pixel it was. Well, I, I don't know if pixel's even the right word, but one of the colors didn't come through at all. So I guess what was happening is it was slowly fading in the 80s, and then by the 90s it was just gone. Yeah. So eventually, I think it, it would go to where it would accidentally turn black and white, and I'd have to whack the TV on the side to get it back into color. <laughs> I uh, I had one that did that actually. And no, it wasn't. It didn't turn black and white. It would lose its sound. Oh no! And I'd whack it in the side to get the sound back on. <laughs> uh, see, back in the '80s, you could fix almost anything with a good whack. That's right. 
I've tried to do that with a dishwasher before here in in, in our apartment and everything. My wife looked at me like I was nuts, and I said, no, this fixes everything. (laughs) (laughs) I tried that with my computer once. (laughs) Doesn't work always that well with a computer. (laughs) Once. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I actually took a computer hardware class, and the instructor said, once that smoke comes out, it's really hard to put it back in. You know, they, these characters, oh, uh, Gettigan, I think, is probably the one that stood out the most to me. It's the one that I remembered the most. Because yeah. I would quote Gary Gnu and and just bring it up out of the blue, and I'd forgotten what show he was on, even. Wow. Um, it's just, he just stuck with me. <laughs> yeah. It, it was kind of funny, because, you know, he had, like, the, the kind of the goat beard and slicked back hair. He always looked like he was some kind of a record producer to me or something. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he kind of had multiple shows. He had a talk show, a news show, um, the book club, or, yeah. or book of the week club, I guess is what yeah, it was. Yeah, he'd, he'd be the one where Speed Reader would come running in. And, yeah. Yeah, he, when, he, when like the early shows, you can see it was mainly supposed to be a, a, a non-GNU's show, because anything that had an N in front of it had to have a G also added. So it was all no GNU's is good GNU's. Right. Well, it's the only TV GNU's program guaranteed to contain no GNU's. Whatsoever. Exactly. <laughs> because all the GNU's was bad GNU's, and if anything, even a picture that we're going to show, it's like, that doesn't look right. we got to fix that. That almost looks like GNU's. And so they would, the picture would suddenly change. If it was people who were looking unhappy, they would suddenly become a picture of people being all happy and hugging each other. He goes, that's better. <laughs> and I actually, on an episode I watched today, that actually happened. And I thought, that is perfect. <laughs> Because that's that's Gary Gnu reminding you to try to look at everything positively. Because you you know that's one of the things we live by here in Neverland is you know you're going to have junk happen to you, but if you can if you can keep the right perspective, you can get through a lot of junk if you keep the right attitude. Definitely, definitely, and yeah, everything's going to get you down, you know, yeah. if you let it. So take a load off and do the things that are fun. Yes, you got to take a break from things and just refresh your mind. And and I tell you what, going back and looking at shows like Great Space Coaster has been a great way. Because even though, okay, Go Riddle Gorilla, who was puppeteered by Kevin Clash, who later became famous on Elmo, who is a Muppet. Well, I I consider Sesame Street to still be Muppets. So that is my Disney connection. So I'm still doing a Disney show. (laughs) It all comes around. But yeah, (laughs) it all comes around. It's all connected. Uh, So Go Riddle Gorilla was the freakiest looking thing you'd ever looked at. He would look like a orangutan with mange. Yes. But yet he was hilarious. So I don't know. Maybe it had helped in my head to be able to look at something that looks horrible but find something to enjoy about it. Well, he could could be so expressive because he had pop one eye open, then the other eye open. Yep. Wait a second. Didn't Speed Reader do that too? He did like eye exercises. Yeah, he would would go up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right, up, down. He'd have his fingers next to his eyes and he'd he'd do the exercise. So then he'd dive into the book and he'd read it real fast. And then he'd give give Gary Gnu the review. Yes, (laughs) but but with Goriddle, you know, he I don't know. He would shut his eyes and shut his mouth. He'd look all frustrated. Then he'd pop open his eyes and he was he was on fire. You know, he was was always on fire. Yeah, and then it would, especially when he was really kind of going, he'd have that like that one eye that would pop up. Yes, he looked like a demented Popeye <laughs> with a lot of fur. Yeah, in, in certain places, he's half furred and half not. 
but uh, you know, after getting used to him, you, you, or after seeing him for a while, you got used to him. He became a character to you. Yeah, especially Kevin Clash. You know, whatever anybody thinks about anything of him about him now, I just want to talk about the good stuff that Kevin Clash has done with puppets. Sure. I was even watching uh, an episode where where uh, uh, Go Riddle Gorilla had gotten this big boombox radio, his new radio, and the first time that because they you know they the coaster band of the three humans, Brand, Roy, Fran, and Danny. Uh, are here and you know they, they they arrive on the asteroid and they're like, wait a minute, is there another band here? I thought we were the only band on the asteroid here. And they go and follow the noise and there is uh, Gorilla the gorilla with his radio and he's the the dance he's doing is just it's perfect. It looks so human and yet so comical because it's this this monkey weird looking thing and he's just grooving and dancing and you're just thinking how is he moving his arm that way to get this perfect fluid dance motion? Yes. It is just amazing. So I mean, like, you got to give your hat to the guy. He was a great puppeteer. And, you know, did well, he still do? He's not dead. So did he do everything not for Gorilla, or were there two people operating him? Well, uh, I think it took a, a bit of a team. I mean, he would of course be able to do the main part of the body and the head, and probably worked at least one of the hands. But the fun thing about Go Riddle Gorilla is he had his hands that were just on rods, you could tell. But right. then somebody would come in with gloves and would be his feet, and so he could come up and grab stuff with his feet. Oh yeah, I forgot about him grabbing stuff with his feet. Yeah, it was really, really kind of clever. Uh, but uh, Kevin Clash also did do a few other characters, and I remember seeing this list of ones that he had. He did uh, Rory. You remember Rory the lion? He was. The oh lion. yeah. What's the story, Rory? What's the story, Rory? Because they always have to have an excuse on why he was late to the studio. Yes. <laughs> and it would be this wild excuse that would be ridiculously funny, <laughs> and nobody would just like, "We don't believe you, Rory." <laughs> so, well, you won't believe this, but. And then he would, he would play, and of course he came into on a later, he wasn't there at the beginning, he came in later and then he would play a music video that the the, uh, the band had gone around and, and done. Either they would be playing something there in studio or on the asteroid or sometimes they'd have them out on locations doing videos to a song they had written, which the music in the show was great. I don't know who was writing songs for them, but my goodness, it was always fun music. It's fun music. I, I call it happy hippie. Yeah, because it's go. all positive. It's got a message to it, and, and it's uh, all clean fun, you know. So yeah. happy hip eighties happy hippie. Now there is an episode <laughs> that is really really funny. That uh, the the video they did, they're actually they're playing just a song on an asteroid, but they actually play flash dance. Where, oh wait a second! Is this where they're doing the break dancing on that? Yes, they had a couple break dancers out yes. doing it, and they're the singing rock steady dancers. Yes, the rock steady dancers. Uh, yeah, and Fran actually, her voice sounds almost identical to the original performer of the Flashdance theme. Oh yeah, they're real musicians, serious musicians. Yeah, I I didn't know if they you know were really fully playing their instruments because if you watch Fran, she's just kind of doing an up and down, and you don't really see much motion in the guitar. But they could all sing. Well, yeah, sure, that's musician, even if they're not playing their instruments. <laughs> right, even singing music, playing, <laughs> sort of like the monkeys. The monkeys uh, didn't really now play we're their instruments, on... but they could sing. Great territory, great territory. I'm a big monkeys fan. Oh yes, I grew up watching the monkeys as well. That will be that'll be a later show. We'll have to talk about the monkeys. <laughs> uh, the, the the other characters that I remember, who else? Oh, the elephant. Now here's another one that I had forgotten where I had seen it. Yeah. Edison it, the elephant. Edison the elephant. Mm-hmm. The way his trunk moved. Was so uh-huh. cool. He must have been a space elephant because he didn't look like our elephant. Yeah, he looked like he had like uh, stained glass windows for ears. Thank you. <laughs> I, 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 I was saying stained glass windows. They're like that's not stained glass windows. I said it looks like stained glass windows. <laughs> but he had a like a um, a, a 
dryer vent hose. Yeah, for a trunk. For his trunk. And he had, the, the neat thing about this is he had it, the puppeteer had it on a stick. So he's using one hand to move his trunk around. Yep. But he would do it so quick you wouldn't really notice until you really paid attention that he was actually holding something for his trunk in his left hand and moving right. around. But it was in, ingenious the way yeah. it worked because it was so fluid. Uh, and, and, and he was kind of a gentle spirit, I yeah. guess, for the most part. You know, big, big elephant, but he would tend to his garden, you know, very meticulously. Yeah, he had like a weird echoing voice, so you kind of think, well, maybe he really was a robot, you know, because he had that weird tone. Maybe he was a robot. Yeah, because he he seemed because he was he looked like a one. Although it was, I always found it funny he was wearing like a, a poker golf visor or something. Yes, right over top of his eyes, just <laughs> just resting on him. Yeah, don't know why, but <laughs> but he had it. Well, it's because the sunshine shining down on sure. his eyes. And then he was wearing kind of. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how you would explain his clothing, but it was very kind of hippie, Hindu-y something. You know, just was, long, flowing colors. Yeah, kimono is what I thought. Yeah, kind of like <laughs> kimono. Kind of the feel it had to me, anyway. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, for some reason I see that, and I'm thinking of uh, a little bit of uh, like a George Carlin character I've seen somewhere. You know, <laughs> I don't know why, but he just seems like this guru kind of thing. Yeah, that's what he is. He's, he is the guru. I think that's the idea. Yeah, because he always had some little, little bits of wisdom and everything, and uh, he wasn't quite up on what in the world kind of mayhem Gorilla Gorilla was trying to perpetuate around there. He'd always be like, I don't think you're doing what you should be doing. And, and there's even a, an episode I watched today where Gorilla Gorilla was supposed to be huggle-sitting the huggles. And he decided, oh, well, they're sleeping now, so I'm going to go out and play catch with Danny. And the Huggles just caused some mayhem and broke uh, this big jumbo peanut lamp that was Edison's. Oh, and no. Edison actually, you know, I liked this this lesson here. He actually, when Go Riddle came in, he says, like, okay, there's some responsibility that the Huggles did this, but you were left in charge to keep an eye on it, and you did not take a, a control of the responsibility that you have. You are responsible for that lamp as much as them because you didn't take responsibility and you didn't keep to your commitment of looking after the Huggles. Oh, so life lessons, see? Very good life lessons. There was even a life lesson in uh, one of the cartoons they showed. Uh, it was... It was really kind of abstract, but uh, it was basically talking about ideas and taking the risk of thinking outside the box and having an idea that was maybe different from everybody else and being able to share those with other people and you know, the, the struggle other people have to maybe come up with those ideas. It was really kind of this abstract concept, but it was really kind of encouraged you to, you know, sometimes it's good to think in the same common sense of ways like everybody else does sometimes it's good to do that and then sometimes you really do need to be creative with your ideas and think outside the box but also make sure you keep fully formed your idea and it also you talked about people who try to steal pieces of your idea but those pieces of idea will never work as good as the original idea but it was all done with this you know great little animation it was just telling this kind of parable but that's kind of the lesson you got from it. And the weird thing is, is I don't remember getting all these lessons when I was a kid, but I watch it now as an adult. I'm like, wow. You know, we, we probably did get them, but maybe didn't know we were getting them. Yeah. You know, and, and I love the animation. He had his own little pop-up iPhone. Yep, Roy um, did. That, that was Roy, right? Roy, yeah. He had like a, it reminded me of those little pocket TVs they used to make. Yeah, yeah. And it was... It was 
it was like a computer because he had almost like it was. I, it almost seems like he's popping in a USB drive into the thing. He just put a That's cartridge right. in it and pops it in the side, and here comes the movie. And it's always a neat animation. By the way, do you know where this was made? Was it made in Canada by chance? Uh, no, actually, this was filmed in New York, but I think a lot of the animation was uh, European because it has that classic European style, uh, and it even had one of my favorite cartoons that they would do, uh, La Linea, I believe it's called. Um, oh, is that Italian? Yeah, I believe that would be in Italian, but it was. It would start with this line, and the one line would form, and they, this guy would draw the little outline of a, of a character. Who would, yes. Yes, Kevin Flash would give him a voice, and he sounded like Elmo was speaking gibberish. It w- oh, it was Kevin Flash. Kevin Clash. Kevin yeah. Clash, rather. <laughs> Kevin Flash. Um, <laughs> Completely different thing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even compose myself anymore. <laughs> Need John Williams to come up and compose you? Okay. Waka, yes, waka, yes. waka. That would be great, John <laughs> Williams. Um, no, no, when I heard that, I was like, man, it's like Elmo. I've never heard anybody sound so Elmo, so that's who was doing the voice. Yeah, it really was Elmo. Oh, that's too cool. Yeah. See, we have an educational program right here. Exactly. The Neverland Podcast. Oh, yes, you can learn a lot about the past and things around That's here. awesome. Then you can travel further back in the past and predict it. <laughs> yeah, well, you can predict that maybe this time of, of good quality stuff could come back. It, it needs to. It needs to. But, well, uh, there is a project on working and bringing it back, but we'll get oh, into that later. That's yeah, that's a good point. We have, we, we're jump, jumping all around the show, but we we got to make sure we talk about all the characters. There's so much. All the characters. Okay, who, who else have we? Let's see. Well, we, we we've talked. A, we've mentioned at least uh, Roy, Fran, and Danny. They were the band. Yes. Uh, but there are actually some details. Actually, uh, I found so Francine, or Fran for short, is a beautiful young woman from a fishing village on the East Coast, and is the leader of the Space Coasters, where she plays guitar. Now, I think that's subjectable to be the leader because I have you know documentation that says that uh, Rory would refer to them sometimes as Danny and the Space Coasters. Oh, see, so. nobody ever suspects that the drummer's the lead. Yeah, it's but she was Rory sits. She was kind of out in front because she was right. the one playing guitar and, and, and singing from there. But all of them had to sing. And I did like that the the opening animation did show where they were being picked up from. So you could see Francie kind of being in the, in the, in the city, kind of East oh, Coast right. City. Huh? Yep. Yeah. So she'd get picked up. Danny was the first one to get picked up, though. And he was supposed to be from a small Midwestern town. And uh, he's he apparently was the second in command to Francine. Uh, according to Wikipedia, but I, that's all. Oh, anybody can edit Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anybody can edit it. You know, I don't know that's. But he was played by Chris Gifford. I should probably mention, you know, em- Emily Bendiger or Bendiger. I hope I said her name right. I'm sorry. Uh, but she was Francine. And then so Danny was from the Midwest. And then you had Roy. Um, he was from a big city. And I think they picked him up from a rooftop or something. I think it was on a rooftop, yes. Yep. Uh, and he was the one, of course, that he was apparently a very good poet, played the keyboards. He was played by a guy named Ray Stevens. No, not that Ray Stevens. The squirrel is not going berserk here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is, you know, they, they had to have at least, well, we'll use the politically correct term of an African-American one, which is good because I, you know, it because of the great space coaster, that's not to mention I do have uh, like mixed uh, family members and everything. I was never, you know, the concept of racism never entered my mind until we had to learn about it in school. And I'm like, wait a minute, people hate people because they're different colors? Yeah, isn't that crazy? But yeah, I grew up because I was watching that. I was like, oh, hey, Roy looks different. I like Roy, though. Roy is cool. 
and I never never gave it any thought. And then to find out later what the way of the world is just goes to show you're not necessarily born hateful, <laughs> you know? No, you know, a lot of these, what, what people now say token black guy on a show or something, yeah. that, there was something good to this because our generation, for the most part, just kind of looked at everybody the same, I think. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong, but it seems that way because we grew up with it. Yeah. We were Everybody's just, just in one it. big pot. Yeah. And so, you know, we were just used to people and we was like, hey, you know what? I like that guy. I don't care. He looks different for me. And that's what's that matter, you know? Yeah. But we, it was just because they, they would make sure on, on those kids shows, like, hey, look, we're, we're all people. And Sesame Street was good about that, too, you know, because yes. you have people of all different – I love that Sesame Street even had uh, a, a deaf woman, and she was signing all the time. So suddenly I'm learning about that. So, you know, I don't think they make this quality of entertainment these days. I, I really don't. I think you may be right. At least it's not as popularized. Yeah. I mean, back then, I mean, I, I, even uh, – some of the kids, and these are teenagers that my wife teaches, they'll see old, older cartoons and they'll say, oh my gosh, I'd rather be sitting there watching Looney Tunes or the Flintstones than watching some of the cartoons they're putting out. There was this wow. quality back to the shows, like like Great Space Coaster, that it seems they've, they've lost a lot of that. And it might be because we're just older and we kind of look at it that way. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Mike, if you just every Christmas, my kids, especially my daughter, she'll get a, a complete series of some 80s TV show or 70s. And she'll watch it nonstop. She loves them. Yeah. Saved by the Bell, all over it. <laughs> Mork and Mindy, Alf, Punky Brewster. I mean, this is what my kids grew up on. Oh, the, Smurfs. Yes, the Smurfs. Yes, the Smurfs. So. That's, there's something there is a quality back then that they're not have that they don't have now. They've got a lot more flashbangs now, yeah. but not as much heart necessarily. Yeah. Some things have heart. I'm not saying there's nothing good, yeah. but we rely more on effects and showy stuff. And and this this was not very showy. Yeah, this it wasn't was very showy. basic. It was just good characters, fun characters, bright colors, and everything with with good character driven type stories that you would just get into. Yeah. And uh, with you're talking about like flashbang being the rule of the day, that I think is why uh, our generation, when we look at Star Wars, I'm going to go off off trajectory here, but the original trilogy, uh, that was the time where George Lucas would say, well, a special effect is great, but if you don't have story, it means nothing. I remember and, that interview. I remember watching it when I was about eight yeah. years old. And you see the original <laughs> trilogy, and it has such story and such great character stuff that it's like it was brilliant you know it changed our world and then we watched the prequels and the first one it seems like we're, we're trying the same way and he's trying to get characters and uh you know granted you have jar jar but it, it had it had story that was it was not a deep dark you know evil kind of thing but it had story you got interested in the characters and but that one people will complain about so much and the younger people weren't getting into it that by the time episode two and episode three it seemed he skipped out as much story to flashbang as much as possible and ended up with a far inferior trilogy of prequels. Well, you know they're different. I think I think the first trilogy is characters mm-hmm. focused, and the second trilogy is plot focused. Yeah, but so much plot seemed to have been left on the drawing board somewhere just so they could blow up more stuff. <laughs> well, they blew up a lot of things. They blew up a lot of things. That's why I think the Clone Wars ended up being so great because they were able to sit down and have character-driven stories. But it was back to character-driven stories. That's, right. That's, that's what it was with just as much blowing up. Just as much blowing up, but we let, we got engaged with the characters. We got introduced to the Jedi that we might see for five minutes in the movie. Suddenly now we've got an entire episode with that Jedi, and we suddenly care about the character. Yeah, yeah. So. 
But, you know, I, I always dug the prequels, too, just simply because I go into everything like I'm a kid still. Yeah. So I, I still like them, but I'll, I'll never like them near as much as the original trilogy. So... But, okay, we're off topic. <laughs> oh, yes, I'm sorry. I'll we probably leave that in the show anyway. <laughs> because we are out in space, and I think... Uh, see, it's appropriate to talk about Star Wars, because you know Star Wars really did inspire a lot of things. I mean, it helped bring Star Trek back. Sure. And also, Great Space Coaster. You know, they, gonna... they did the space thing, and I think it's because they realized kids were all about space stuff after yeah. Star Wars. Oh, come on. This is 1981. How could it not be a spinoff of... Not a spinoff, but a... a inspired by. Inspired by Star Wars. I mean, a roller coaster in outer space? Awesome. Perfect idea. Yeah. Although it wasn't really a roller coaster, but it just... It, it was a coaster car that could yeah. fly. <laughs> no, there's no tracks. No need, No tracks needed in space. Yeah, no tracks needed and not even... You know, it was like a convertible with a top down. You didn't have to worry about oxygen flying through space when you're going through fish bones in the middle of space. <laughs> <laughs> It was the most trippy opening in the world, though, because you'd be going through space and there'd be weird objects and, like I said, the fish skeleton that they'd fly through the middle of, and you're like, why did... Okay, I, we'll just go with that. Yeah. <laughs> and the weird rainbow coming out from a planet that they loop around. Yeah. That's like, all... That's science, man. That there is you go. science. <laughs> it is the spectrum of the vernacular sciences of... Whatever, I'm inventing throwing words in there. <laughs> we need Jedi Schwa. He could come up with something good. Yeah, he would come up with something. Yes, he would. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Jedi Schwa is the partner of Shaz Bazaar. They work as a team, and they're both techno-retro dads, and he is a science teacher. Yes, we share one brain. We share one brain. Um, but there's a few other characters we should jump into. I've kind of mentioned the Huggles a few times. We haven't got into the details, but... Uh, these were great. Uh, they, they probably had toys of these. I don't think I ever saw any toys of them. But I don't remember any toys of them, but then again, I was yeah collecting toys in a different genre right then. Yeah, but they I could see stuffed animals being made of them because they're just these adorable little, you know, kind of a, I don't want to say fluorescent, a, more of a pastel colored. They're just, you know, brightly colored, and yes. they were fluffy, puffy, and scruffy. Uh, fluffy and puffy were both performed by Pam Arciro, and I'm probably getting that name wrong. And then Scruffy was done by Kevin Clash. And the, what was fun about them is, of course, when they'd first pop up, they'd go, hey, what's happening? But they yep. would also have these little conferences where they would talk together, and they would just, and it was the cutest thing in the world for some stupid reason. <laughs> it was. Um, and, and, you know, the, I had a friend who watched Great Space Coaster. In fact, introduced me to Great Space Coaster. And he would go crazy when they would start doing that. But but his kind of claim to fame was he was more mature than the rest of us. But he thought that they were the cutest things ever. Oh, yeah. You know, so eh, you can say you're more mature than all of us. It's just all fun. That's what this is. Yeah. Now, the, the interesting thing is, and I, I barely remember this, uh, but I think this was a, a, a little green one here. They had a little sibling that came along later, Baby Huggle, which was also performed by Pam Arciaro. Uh, this is you know, part of where Baxter had, had uh, brought the Huggles to the asteroid. He had found their eggs somewhere in space, and, huh. just, and they put a little intro, an intro song that the, they'd have a little opening cartoon before you'd actually get a scene with the Huggles in there. Oh, that's right, and Baxter's asleep on the recliner or something, isn't uh-huh. he? And they yes. suddenly jump on him with a put a put like a looked like an inner tube over his head or something. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently they were trying to appeal to the younger demographic, which I thought they already had the younger demographic covered with all the other characters. But you know, expanding and adding new characters just seemed to be a good idea. There's some of these characters I don't completely remember, like Baffle, uh, which is this little horned magical alien from a neighboring planet called Blip. 
Uh, I don't remember Baffled. I, I, maybe if I saw a picture, I would, but I don't recall that. Well, I'm looking on the official website, which, by the way, TGSCoaster.com is the official website. Uh, it is helped run by uh, Jim Martin, who helped create the show, worked on the show, owns the rights of the show right now, uh, and also was the voice of Gary Gnu. Um, he also took over to voice... Um, uh, so, well, he was MT Promises. He did do the voice yes. of that one. Uh, but uh, he took over Edison Elephant in 1983 and did that till the end of the show in 1986. Also, uh, another person who left the show – well, no, it's the same person. John Lovelady was both Edison the Elephant and Knock Knock the Woodpecker from 81 to 83, and then the, John left. And so, yeah, that's when Jim Martin took over Edison the Elephant, and then Noel McNeil took over Knock Knock the Woodpecker. Oh, but, very uh, cool. So Jim Martin is still very involved with the show, and he, he's got an official Twitter that he, he has somebody who runs – uh, the Twitter feed and the TGSCoaster.com. Uh, that's where I'm looking at, but you can see a picture of what did I say this character's name was? Baffle. Baffle the alien. I do Baffle remember seeing this. Yeah, it's this little green, kind of cute little thing, big eyebrows, has a goofy kind of red horns. Uh, but I, I cannot, it's not clicking for me. It might have been really later on, and uh, I don't know. Maybe it was later on, and maybe I was just catching it in between things. Yeah, yeah. It must have been, you know, close to 86 cuz I, you know, once I started where I had to get up and go to school, I wasn't uh getting a chance to to see it. I don't think they were showing it in Kansas City uh anymore cuz this was mainly on on syndication. Although they did pick it back up on the USA Cartoon Express. Yes, I remember seeing it on USA. I think it was between GI Joe and ThunderCats. Probably Maybe. was. Yeah. Uh, cuz uh they would show a lot of different things on there. Yeah. And that was in the afternoons, right? Huh? Was that the afternoons? Uh, Cartoon Express, they did the mornings, they did the afternoons, and then they would do Saturdays. There was almost stuff all day. Yeah, I remember (laughs) loving USA. (laughs) Yeah, for a good long time. Of course, in the afternoons, sometimes they'd show the more stuff that I thought was kind of boring. They would show... uh, I cannot think of the name of the show, but it had a guy... It was an Evil Knievel ripoff. (laughs) You had, like, these three teenagers... um, Well, two older teenagers, a boy and a girl, and then a younger kid and everything, and they, they worked in a circus, and the one, the older boy was supposed to be, like, like Evil Knievel. He had a similar outfit, and he would do motorcycle stunts, and then, like, weird nefarious villains would show up, and they would solve them Scooby-Doo style, you know. It was kind of dull, but to well, that one... I don't recall be, that at all. Yeah, it, it, it was so bad, you probably wouldn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> but it was on USA. I remember we used to see that in between that and the Hair Bear Bunch and things like that. Hair Bear Bunch. I remember Hair Bear Bunch. Yeah, that used to be shown in the afternoons as well. But the, apparently Great Space Coaster was shown at about 7 o'clock in the morning. Uh, and I think they showed it for an hour from when I was checking around. So, uh, But I think this was around when I was watching some stuff. Today's commercials were dated around 1987. So I think this might have been after the initial run of the series. It got picked up for USA, and they just started showing the old ones. Right. I think you have to have maybe 100 episodes to syndicate or something like that. So Uh, probably was towards the end of their... Yeah, because there was also Big Jock Ox performed by Kevin Clash, and he was an ox-like character who appeared a few years into the show's run, and he would often appear apparently on the Gary Gnu show. Time out! The Great Space Coaster will return after these messages! Are you a fan of ducktails, gargoyles, or tailspin? Then boy, have I got a podcast for you. Hi, 
I'm Jason, host of DAF Radio. And I'm Matt, the co-host. Join us as we talk about these fan-favorite shows that you grew up with and meet the people that made them. Find us at DAFradio.net or in your favorite podcasting app. Until next time, enjoy the afternoon. The kids of the 70s and 80s are all grown up, but the good times of childhood don't have to end. Our generation can share the fun and fandom of our youth with the next generation and bring the past into the future. And wrap it all up to make a fantastic present. Join Jedi Schwar and Shaz Bazaar every Monday morning to get your work week started by reminiscing about the past and exploring the future with your earbuds on Techno Retro Dads. So find us on iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, or on TechnoRetroDads.com, part of the Shock Blast Digital Network. Now, back to the program. Okay, now, uh, Big John Cox, I don't really remember anything about. Do you remember this character at all? No, not at all. Not at all. But I do have a good long list of uh, these aren't characters, but there were guest stars on the show, which I'd forgotten there was guest stars. Oh, no, I remember there being guest stars. Um, I, I don't remember all... All the guest stars, though. But I remember that was... See, that's the thing about this thing. It would be such small segments. You could just go from one thing to another to another. Uh-huh. And, and so a guest star segment might only be five minutes long. I know who I saw on there. Who? Annie. Yeah, um, I, Aileen Quinn. Aileen Quinn. Right. Yes. Yep. And you, you, you don't recognize her because her hair is its not the crazy wig or anything. It's just in her normal hair. But when you get a good close-up of her face, you're like, Annie! <laughs> yes, yes. It's, it's the close-up. You recognize her. Yeah. And I didn't really start looking for it until Go Riddle Gorilla actually says, like, Oh, can I be an Annie, too? Annie, too? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's coming out next year. <laughs> yeah. There actually is another Annie movie. They're redoing it and uh, putting it more of a city version. I don't know how you'd want to call it, but it's very different, and I'm kind of like, uh, this doesn't fit with what Annie was, but that's okay. Well, we'll see. We'll Maybe see. it's... Uh, actually, I probably won't see, because I looked at it and like, okay, Annie is supposed to be like in the 1930s. It was an old comic strip, and well, this yeah. is cute what you're trying to do, but it's like, this isn't Annie. That's oh, a hard knock life. Yeah. <laughs> and so I guess we needed a hip-hop version of that. So. Did, oh, are they doing that too? Yes. I, have you seen the trailers for this? Uh, no, I have not, but you I know, did see that it was coming out. Not bad casting. There is no Daddy Warbucks. It's now it's, uh, I believe, Jamie Foxx, and he is a, a politician. He's running for office, and uh, his assistant notices that he gets a lot of uh, recognition when he pulls uh, this little orphan away from a car that was speeding on, and the little girl is Annie. She's yeah. going to make a politician good? Apparently. This, she's, this she's, might be worth watching. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that kind of you can manage to squeeze it in because you have another excuse for you know since he's a politician if you have the scene there where you, with the president and everything and she starts singing hey the sun will come out tomorrow then I guess it fits out but that'll be, probably have right. behind it now <laughs> but in the trailer they do play Hard Knock Life and it's got uh, boom you know going on I'm like oh no <laughs> so I'm thinking you know, I just can't watch this on principle because I'm like this this is not the Annie that I grew up with I'm sorry this isn't for me. <laughs> Yeah, well, if Go Riddle Gorilla is in it, I'm in it. There you go. I got to see it. Then you got to go. If he but pops up with a little Annie wig, that would be perfect. <laughs> yeah, because he was wearing it in that episode with him, too. He comes out wearing the Annie wig. He's like, hey, look, I'm a perfect double. See, but the writing for, for all these characters is incredible. Because everyone's doing, they, they've got their shtick and they stick with it. Yep. 
But uh, okay, well, what other what other characters or what other uh, um, actors or guest stars on here? Oh, we got a long list. Now, some of these I don't know who they are, but maybe you'll know. Do you know who Bess Armstrong is? Oh, now you're going to start testing me? Well, because some um, of them I don't know. I, I'm going to look her up real quick. I, I don't know. Um, Bess Armstrong. Uh, I'm waiting here. I can edit this way Oh, now. sure, sure. I see. I see uh, let's see. I, I'm familiar with the picture. I can't think of what she was in, but she was in things in the 70s, I think. Uh, she looks let's familiar. see. She was in Jaws 3D. Oh, yeah. She used to have, like, the long blonde hair. Yeah. And Jaws yeah, that 3D. Is Jaws 3D. Yeah. Because when you look at her face, you know. So, uh, but, yeah, she's known for four seasons, High Road to China and Jaws 3D. Uh, critically acclaimed, nothing in common. Uh, was in a lot of different things around in the '80s. She used to pop up. You'd kind of just see her when you when you see her face. You kind of recognize her. Right, immediately, immediately. Yeah. And uh, let's see. Well, of course, there was another one who was. He, this was pretty abs- abstract. And uh, you look at his name, and it, it's hard to get it right. But it's Marvin Hamlish. Which yes. You wouldn't know who he was, but he, I guess he composed the music but- for a chorus line and things like that. Yeah, um, let's see, wait a second. Didn't Hamlish also do, uh, no, he didn't do West Side Story. That was uh, Bernstein. 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 Wasn't it West Side Story? Stein or Steen. Stein or Steen. Frankenstein? Frankenstein? Um, Frau Brucher? <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, Marvin Hamlish is, is a composer. Yeah, but he is a composer. Um, music for films. Uh, Traveling Life with Eliza Minnelli. This, uh, did a song of Sunshine, Line of Pops and Rainbows, I guess was big on that one. This, the, the, um, we used to, Dad used to play it on the piano. Um, the Entertainer. Yes, I believe Didn't so. Didn't he do yes. that? I think so. Yes, there it is. Uh, the, the main theme for The Sting, The Entertainer. Yes. Uh, well, he did an, an adaption of Scott and Joplin's ragtime music, uh, and which was the theme song which of the was, entertainer. He adapted, right, right. He but composed "Nobody Does It Better" for the Spy Who Loved Me. That's what I'm trying to remember. Nobody does it better. Exactly, and he does it better than you singing it. <laughs> <laughs> it you opened take yourself much. up for that one. <laughs> hey, Jaws was on. Richard Keel. Oh. Okay, I was like, what? What are you talking about? Where? No, 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 Jaws from uh, James Bond. Yes, Richard Keel. Uh, I'll, I'll mainly hit the ones I guess that I mainly know who they are. Carol Channing. Carol Channing. Did yes, she, hello, Dolly. Yes, did she do, uh, did she have lamb chop with her or is uh, no, that somebody that else? A, that was a different person. Okay. Um, I don't remember, but Carol Channing, you know, she was all teeth and she'd always come into town with another production of Hello, Dolly that she did for the rest of her life. <laughs> uh, mean Joe Green. Mean, mean Joe, Joe Green. Classic football player. You remember that commercial? I might. What, what, what oh, commercial? come on. It's like a Pepsi commercial or a Coke Ooh, I don't know which one it is. All I remember is it's the end of a ball game, or, or it's during the game. It seems like Joe's going down to the locker room. He's he, he's he's out of the game. He's frustrated, and, and this kid wants his autograph, you know, but he says, you can have my, my Pepsi or you can have my Coke. I don't know which or one seven it was. 7-Up or something. Yeah, I remember that and, now. And then he tosses him his jersey, I think, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Mean Joe. You, you know, the, the oh, I won't get into it. I won't, <laughs> I'll get sidetracked. There's okay. a cartoon that, that, that was completely made for that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is a big one. I would love to find this episode. Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. I've heard that name somewhere before. Gee, I wonder. Hmm. Wasn't he the Joker? I think he's in something Disney. 
Yeah, something Disney. Yeah, I think there's some new movies they're making with him. I know. It's going to be some small scale, small production thing or something. <laughs> yeah. Some weird dude with a beard and stuff. Weird but, dude with a beard. Holy cow, Mark Hamill. Now, see, that's I'm going to have to Google search. Let's find Mark Hamill on Great Space Coaster. See if I find this anywhere because i got to see what he did. Because like, I remember when he popped up on The Muppet Show, it was awesome. He was playing. He was coming on as himself and trying as to find Mark a good Hamill, act. Yeah. Huh? Wasn't his cousin Luke Skywalker? Yes, he had like Luke Skywalker was his cousin, so he would come in as Luke Skywalker, Empire Strikes Back style. Like, where's Darth Vader? I must get him and stuff like that. And then he'd be Mark Hamill and he'd be wearing like this goofy kind of top hat, trying to find a good act to do for the show for Kermit. Yes. Great yes. stuff. He was so funny. Well, he still is. Well, he still is. Yeah, he's still around. So. He's, he's a joker. He's a joker, that one. And sometimes he's even a hobgoblin, for anyone who knows that one. <laughs> Because I'm a Spider-Man fanatic, so the 90s well, series Spider-Man, yes, he was the Hobgoblin. That's jumping back and forth, isn't it? Batman, yeah. Spider-Man, DC, Marvel. Yeah. Wow. And the funny thing is he really kind of used a lot of the same voice. There's my phone again. <laughs> I thought it was Wilhelm. That was a Wilhelm. <laughs> That's what I used in October, a good Wilhelm scream. It drives my wife crazy. So... Oh, the funny thing is, is that was a, a program saying it was time to change my ringtone. <laughs> I need to silence and put the, I'm gonna put this away over there. Okay, the next person on the list that I recognize is Valerie Harper. Valerie Harper. That was uh, that was Valerie Harper. That TV show was called Valerie, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I think she did have a show on her own that I think it might have been a spinoff from the Mary Tyler Moore show because I, I remember she was on that one. And then I think she did get a show of her own, and then eventually on uh, Hogan's Family she was on. For Hogan's like family, that's two. the one I was thinking or of. Or the Hogan family, and then, yeah, uh, or it was Valerie's family first. Yeah, and then, okay, that's what I was thinking of. Okay. And then her character was supposed to have died because she left it, and I don't remember why, and then Sandy Duncan came in as, like, her sister to kind of take over and go from there. So, yeah. yeah. Your aunt moves in to become your almost new mom. That's kind of strange. Yeah, it was uh, pretty weird, after all, yes. <laughs> but it worked for the show. Actually, she she was on the show, I think, longer than Valerie Harper. Yeah, she was. Because Valerie, hmm. I think, was only on there for like one, maybe two years, and then Sandy Duncan so. was like three or four years. Was Jason Bateman on that show? Uh, yes, he was one of the uh, the, uh, the brothers. As yeah, that's was what I teenage thought. Years. That was really cool. Yeah, it was a good show. And the funny thing is you can't find that anymore. Really? Uh, can't find the Hogan, fa- or, uh, the Hogan, Hogan family. family, yeah. Yeah, and Hulu's really good about picking up old shows, but I haven't seen it on there yet. Hmm. So. But speaking of old shows, here's one for you. Charlotte Ray. Mrs. Charlotte Garrett herself. Boy, you know. That was, which was a spinoff of... Uh, well, no, she she was... She was in Different Strokes. Yes. Yeah. And then she, she was went the maid, to Facts of they, Life, right? Right. They spun it off to Facts of Life. In fact, I covered all this info, info on, uh, I think, oh... I'm going to say fifth episode of the Neverland Podcast, an episode called Made for TV. We focused on how in the 80s, maids were everywhere. Sometimes they had a whole show based around And the facts of life, because Mrs. Garrett had been the maid for Mr. Drummond on Different Strokes, we consider that to be a maid-centric series in the facts of life. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it was the same character. So. It's the same character. And now everybody's going to go back and actually listen to that show. Yeah, so <laughs> number five, that's, that's at the beginning of this year. Yeah, I believe it was like episode number five. Uh, it would be right, like right after Christmas, because you know all of last Christmas. Oh, it was episode by the start seven. Of the show. I'm sorry, I'm looking at your list now. I'm cheating. 
Yeah, there it is. Made for TV, episode seven, because episode five was a turtle Ninja Turtle episode because uh, James Avery had just passed, and so I did an episode for him. Ah, uh, yes. But yes, episode seven. So episode seven came out early. Instead of December eighteenth, twenty fifteen, it was January eighteenth, twenty fourteen. Just so you know. Just so you know. Now, we're, we're coming up on that one-year anniversary, but, you know, December was all Christmas. It was a very different show if you go back and listen to some of those uh, compared to what I'm doing now because I, I had to learn what I was doing. You know, well, so. we all do. We all do that. I listened to your first show. Yeah. It was very much a, a clueless me going about half an hour. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, here's what I'm trying to do with this, and let's play Christmas music. Rankin-Bass stuff. You all remember Rankin-Bass specials? Let's listen to the music from Rankin-Bass specials. So... <sighs> I'm Mr. Heat Miser. I'm Mr. Sun. I forget the words. Yeah, I don't know if I actually have that song. I'll know it. I'll know it by the end of uh, or by the end of November again. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, and here's one. I actually got to watch this episode today. There, he was actually in at least two, and probably a third one that uh, that uh, was going. But uh, towards the end of these these two episodes, uh, Baxter was about to have a boxing match with Empty Promises. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, and they were doing a build-up, and Sugar Ray Leonard popped up, and he was going to be the referee. Oh, perfect. Sugar Ray. Everybody loved Sugar yeah, Ray back he, in the 80s. And, and that's the thing is, when I was a kid, I'd never watched a single one of his fights. No. But I knew who he was. Exactly. <laughs> he knew marketing. He understood it. Oh, yeah. He was He was like the welterweight Muhammad Ali. Yeah, he really was. He, he knew really how to sell was. himself, and he was popping up everywhere. And didn't he have a son named Sugar Ray Jr.? I don't know about that, but I know George Foreman has named all his kids George. <laughs> That's right. I think even his daughters are George. Wow. Likes the name George, <laughs> you know. I love the guy, but that's one thing I just don't understand about him. Like, why is everybody got to be George? That's how he lives forever. Yeah, I guess. Uh, here's kind of an oddball one. Sally Struthers, probably best known for doing infomercials for feeding kids when she herself was becoming quite overweight. Well, yeah, that's kind of a shtick, isn't it? Yeah, but uh, I mainly remember her, though, from being in All in the Family or right. better known as the Archie Bunker Show. Right. Yeah, you know, I, I probably couldn't have called it All in the Family, but that's what I remember her from. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then Kathleen Turner. Or as uh, many people will hopefully remember her as uh, Jessica Rabbit. That's all you need to know. She was Jessica Rabbit. She was Jessica Rabbit. She was also in a great 80s movie with uh, Michael Douglas. Yeah, I haven't seen those. I think my wife was watched and liked those. Was that, what was it? Romancing the Stone? Was Romancing the, the Stone, yeah. And then they did a Jewel of the Nile as the sequel, I think, right? That was, that was the sequel, yeah. I couldn't remember the, the name of the second one. But yeah, Romancing the Stone. Yeah, my She was wife uh, really an author, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then the final one, and this is another good TV star, Henry Winkler. Hey. Yes, he was huge when we were kids. The Fonz was everywhere. Yeah, really, the Fonz still is everywhere. Yeah, and, and I think I, I think I vaguely remember him popping up because I loved the Fonz as I, when I was a kid. I had a shirt of the Fonz where I was going, hey. And I think he actually appeared on the show as the Fonz. That's perfect. You know, I, I have a, I, well, I don't have it. Uh, my wife may have it now. I'm not sure, but my mother kept it. It was a note from a girl in second grade when I was in second grade who liked me, and she said, you're going to have to either choose, and she lists a bunch of girls' names, or me. You're no Fonzie. (laughs) (laughs) 
So evidently, I thought I was the Fonz. Oh, well, didn't we all? <laughs> but then, of course, you see Henry Winkler as himself later on, and it's completely different, and he's just this laid-back, gentle, nice guy that you're just like, oh, well, you know what? I like you as Henry Winkler, too. Yeah. But it's completely different because there is none of that tough guy persona. And the, hey, you know, there's it's completely gone, and it just completely throws you. Yeah. It really does. Because he's, he's just the, one of the coolest people. Anytime I've seen, heard him on the radio or just see him as live in a live thing, he's just the nicest guy. You, you, he's just huggable, you know? Yeah. And writes he's, books about dyslexia. I did not know that. Yeah, he's got, got children's books that's about a character with dyslexia. I'm I cannot think of the name of that. it now. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's really cool. Yeah, he, he is just a, such a, he's a class act. He just really is awesome. Yeah, I like I like always like the Fonz, but once you find out about about Henry Winkler, you like him even better than the Fonz. Yeah, cuz he was he was just that cool. But to, anyways, I've mentioned several times now that there is a way to be able to check out these episodes other than finding on YouTube where people have taken old videotapes that that they had so you get to see old commercials so you can watch a few things on YouTube. Oh, I know it's a magic box or magic uh, movie gadget that you can hold in the palm of your hand. Is that how we're going to get it? Uh, I wish. That would be awesome, oh. wouldn't it? That would be pretty cool. <laughs> For anyone who hasn't caught on, yes, we're referring to Roy's little magic video box. Magic video box. Thank yes. you. Yeah. I didn't know the official name. That, that's not really the official name. I don't think they ever gave a name. He just <laughs> had a little TV, and he'd pop in the little thing, and, and there would be a cartoon. But uh, for actual being able to watch these... There, there is a campaign to release the high qualities of the episode onto DVD or at least digitally. And so far, uh, digitally is where they're going. And you can actually purchase some of these right now. They've been releasing them onto Vimeo. Oh, really? Yes. Where can you purchase these? Uh, well, I think your, your basic target, I would go to the TGSCoaster.com website. And there is... Well, well this is interesting. I'll have to look at that later. Um... But there's a, on media, there's full episodes of TGSC. Oh, okay, I see it. And I believe you can actually find it from there. Also, on the, if you go to uh, on Twitter, I believe it is at TGSC. Uh, I'll have to verify that. I'll put links up to this on the show notes and everything, but uh, they have the full complete website. Uh, it might be Brian Schwartz himself because it says it's a special thank you to Brian Schwartz for uploading these episodes to YouTube. Okay, no, these are these are actually just YouTube episodes. Oh, okay. That you can watch directly on the website. Well, that's cool. But I know they're doing a thing where you can purchase the episodes, rent or purchase them through Vimeo. Uh, I will make sure I find those links and I will put them on the website so you can check it out. But while I'm here, I just noticed there's something called the Gary Gnu Project, and there's a mention of Gary's 2012 comeback show. Yes. Now, uh, I'm clicking into this right now so I can see, because I did hear there is another podcast that actually had Jim Martin and a lot of the cast on, which you can get to under the media section of TGS Coaster. There's a thing that says Just My Show Podcast, uh, where another show had had him on. But there's a video here of Gary's 2012 comeback show. And I guess in New York they were even still showing the Great Space Coaster here in the 2000s. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, did, they know some quality when they see it. Yeah, well, it says here, there's a did you know, the first season of The Great Space Coaster was shot at the Metro Media Studios in New York City, which is now Fox News Channel 5. 
Uh, and I, I wonder if that's the same channel in New York that's that's showing it. But yeah, there's a video right here on the website of the comeback show. Uh, but it looks like this is being done live on stage. So uh, you know, apparently Gary Gnu is still making some appearances. Wow, that's great. And I do hope in the future to have Jim Martin on the show to discuss some of this. Uh, I tried to get him on for this week, but he is actually at a convention in Rhode Island, a Comic-Con. Uh, and so I, he just didn't have time. But prepare for a bonus episode as soon as I can get the, the details worked out. And maybe I can get a few other cast members at the same time. Maybe he's still connected. Uh, he's at Rhode Island Comic-Con this weekend. Right, Rhode Island Comic-Con. Oh, I'm so disappointed. That's a couple of weeks ago. Well, I know somebody who's bound to be there. Oh. And uh, High Adventure. I don't know if you've ever heard of the band High Adventure. Yes, you've had uh, played some of their stuff on your show before, I believe, haven't you? Yes, yes. Well, you know, they go to Rhode Island Comic Con, and they play themes for people who are there. And when you texted me, I thought, I need to text Glenn Nelson and tell him he needs to learn Great Space Coaster. And <laughs> yeah. I didn't. If they didn't have that in their repertoire for this show, it's all my fault. It's all oh, my fault. It's all you. But uh, <laughs> if you go to facebook.com slash the great space coaster, you can find the official Facebook page here as well, which I believe you can get from tgscoaster.com. You can get there's links for their Facebook, uh, yes. their Twitter. There's an eBay link here too. So I suppose maybe uh, you can purchase some of the store, you know, from the or from the some of the episodes there. There's an email address, a YouTube channel. So there's a lot of ways that you can check this show out if you if you don't remember it or if you do remember it. There's a lot of ways to check it out, and definitely, uh, I guess it, it took some serious funding to be able to get to where they could get whatever episodes they could find and get, prepare them for digital release. But maybe if we give enough support to them and buy enough, maybe we'll finally get like a complete DVD release of the entire series. You know, that's the way to do it. If you have more uh, interest. People, people talking about it a lot. It generates sales. Hey, people want to sell things. Yeah, and they'll release items if enough people want to buy it. Yeah. So if you remember the show, make sure you go and check it out. And if you don't remember the show or you've never heard of it, check it out anyway because you'll probably find something you're really going to enjoy and you want to share with the rest of your family or your kids. And because your kids will dig this show too. Definitely. This this show is one of the better shows that. Uh, that I, I virtually, you know, I, I didn't watch over and over. Uh, so I didn't, you know, like some shows you would see the same episode over and over and over. I don't remember if I ever watched an episode more than once. But I would catch it quite often, and evidently more often than I thought, because when I went back and reviewed them, that's, that's the ones I saw. And I, I remember bits and pieces of the episodes. But it's quality. Mm-hmm. It is incredibly well written. Oh, yeah. And you learn stuff without realizing you're learning it. Yeah. It's I love it. Just fantastic. Oh, it's just fun. Here's the Twitter thing. Uh, it is at TGSC underscore official. And from there, you can get uh, links directly to uh, where you can actually purchase episodes. And uh, they might be available on iTunes, I think, right now. But uh, mainly, I know they were doing it under Vimeo. Yes. Uh, I will search iTunes, and if there is a link, I will make sure I put up an iTunes link. And then anybody who purchases through my website, NeverlandPodcast.com on iTunes, you also will be helping to support the show, which is great because I need all the support I can get, It's and I love it when you guys do it. But uh, so far, it looks like it's mainly available through Vimeo. But like I said, I'll, I'll look on iTunes. Yeah, but, put uh, those links in your show notes because 
if anybody can support the show, that's a great idea. Yeah, and you know how cool this is? I'm looking over here at the main page there for Vimeo, and for $3.99, you can rent all the episodes, or for $9.99, you can buy all. For just $9.99, you buy all the episodes they've got, which I guess they've only there's, there's not a whole ton of them. Uh, yet they're they're still working on the project, I guess. But the episodes 55, 57, 60, and 75 are available here. Wow! And it looks like uh, MT Promises has captured Baxter in episode 60. Uh oh! Once for all, when he thinks that Baxter thinks he has lost his ability to turn invisible, I didn't remember Baxter turning invisible. Oh yeah, yeah. Because um, uh, I remember one episode. It was um, things were floating away. Oh, that was a, a different one. That was the uh, anti-gravity day. Anti-gravity day. Um, uh, Goriddle was all mad at Baxter because he thought he stole this banana because he's the only one who can turn invisible. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, you're the only one who can turn invisible. It had to be you. When actually his banana had floated away. Aren't you oh, glad wow. we don't have that here on Earth? Anti-gravity day, man. That would mess everything up. It would certainly be an interesting day. <laughs> yes, it would, because I, I, that's the time that I would definitely say, I'm going to stay home, although I'm kind of getting heavy in my older years, so I don't think I can float away anymore. Yeah, it was just small things that floated away. Yeah, so the cat's probably going to be on the ceiling. <laughs> that could be a song. <laughs> the cat's on the ceiling with the silver spoon. and the That's the one. I think jumped away with the moon. I don't know. It just writes itself. Doesn't it, though? <laughs> That's that's how you know it's quality because it just writes itself. Marvelous. Oh yes. Okay, but I think we've covered everything. Is there anything you can think of that we have not looked at about this? I know we we, well, we mentioned the uh, animations, and you mentioned yes. uh, La Linea or La La Linea. La Linea. That was that was a fun fun one. But I discovered something on it uh, a few weeks ago. Was Witch's Night Out? Yes, where it's all the characters Halloween have a single show. color. You know, where everybody's a single color. I had never seen this before that I remembered, and it looked like Nelvana Animation to me, which is a Canadian company. So I went and, and researched it. In fact, I bought a copy off of uh, Amazon. Wow. And uh, it's a really cool little cartoon. It's a short little little show. But it was not Nelvana, but it was done in Canada. So wow. really neat, uh, little, little, neat little Halloween movie. So it was good for our Halloween this this October. Yeah, and I know of at least one episode that's on YouTube of Great Space Coaster where they showed like the finale of that cartoon. I don't know if they showed the rest of it in parts throughout a few episodes or not, though. I kind of wondered about that. Well, see, I saw this part of it, and it motivated me to go find out what this was ah. because I thought, this is too good. i got to find this. <laughs> now, the fun part about this is... For years, I would just every once in a while randomly remember Halloween, witch magic would jump into my head. And I was like, where do I know this? Where does this song come from? I must have seen it when I was a kid. Now, uh, Lost Boy Philip, who's a part of our show, has a DVD that's collected from a bunch of like Halloween specials he had on a videotape. And he's got it all you know, transferred to a DVD. And this special, although it's really bad quality because of the transfer, sure. Uh, but this special is actually on there. And I was, you know, I was just kind of watching it here actually this month, and that came up, and that song started. And I was like, oh, there it is. So I don't know if I had actually seen this special when I was younger, or if wow. it was because it was on the Great Space Coaster that I remembered the song. Wow, that is that is really cool because I had never seen or heard this before. That I recalled, but but wow, that you knew the music—that's incredible. Yeah, it's which was another good show, by the way. That's incredible. Loved that show, but yeah, it's a whole other topic. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen that. I wonder if they're on YouTube. 
Makes you wonder. Topic. That and Circus of the Stars. <laughs> I used to love to watch that. But yeah, see, there were so much, so many great shows in the '80s. And Great Space Coaster was one of the greats when I was really little. And it's still great. Even as an adult, I'm watching it, and I'm, I'm still loving it just as much. And I don't know if that's just because I'm a nostalgic and I have the memories of it, and so that's why I'm enjoying it so much, or if it's just was that because it was that good. I'm, I'm betting on because it was just that good. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. Yeah. Too much analysis is paralysis. We'll let it go. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that went all Disney. Well, real quick. Oh. Uh. But uh, here's kind of, I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm not really a fan of the Family Guy series myself, but the Family Guy actually did reference the Great Space Coaster in an episode, and it had uh, uh, it's on an episode called I Take the Quagmire, and Peter Griffin actually has a magical ride on the Space Coaster and picks up five children that's traveling through the galaxy on the journey, and at some point even one of the children sings the theme song, although Peter immediately silences the telem and says to shut up unless he knows a way to get back to the fish skeleton. Yeah, I can't say I've seen it. Yeah, I haven't either because I don't watch that show. Oh, but uh, I I also found a quick detail. Uh, The video that you can find on TGSCoaster.com of a 2012 appearance of Gary Gnu is at Anthrocon, and he opened up a masquerade event by performing as a rebuilt version of Gary Gnu. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. That's awesome. I love that he's still... I wonder if at the Rhode Island Comic Con if he brings Gary Gnu with him and, and shows him off. Well, we're going to have to find out. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll find out if well, I, if I can get him on the show. It's going to be great. Because I would really love to have Gary Gnu say, Welcome to the Gneverland Podcast. Because that would be awesome. Oh, that would be totally awesome. That would be the Fantastic. coolest thing. I, so that is the goal. To just get a quick bumper of, of at least saying it's like it's the Gneverland podcast where no Gnu's is good Gnu's. It's <laughs> never gonna in, in Gneverland we don't like bad Gnu's. So I do occasionally feature some news, but it's all good news. So yeah, well, it's not really news then. Yeah, it's not really news. It's it's Marvel movies, yay! <laughs> Star Wars movies, yay! <laughs> Stuff like Great that. Space Coaster comeback, yay! yay! A lot of shows I would love to come back, but. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to make this show drag on if we don't wrap this up. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I can keep a, keep a show going for hours. So can I. So, and I, 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 I was thinking, do I need to actually cover any news this show or not? Or can I just let this go and be the entire show? Because I, I, I really, I covered the Marvel movies already in the middle of the week. And I don't think there's anything else I really needed to throw in. So I could probably just cut down this a little bit and just let it fly as is for the most part. Well, that'd be great. So very cool. But I'll do a quick wrap up here, and then I'll I'll let it go back to me in the studio. So sounds good. Yeah, in the studio I call it, but it's in the exact same spot I'm sitting right now. So I have one of those too. Yeah, it's just a back room with a bunch of toys in it and and posters. So <laughs> mine's the only room in the house. We're just kind of one big room. <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> living in a cabin in the woods, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yard down south there, so that's that's easy living, right? You know. That's right. Yeah. Okay, all right, quick wrap-up thing. Okay. All righty then. Well, it was awesome having you here. Shaz Bazaar from the Techno Retro Dads here at the Gneverland Podcast. I want to thank you for coming on. Oh, man, I am so happy to be on. This has been a blast. This has been a blast to go back and remember the great Space Coaster and, and to meet you. Yeah. Can you drop me back off at home, though? Well, uh, I I think I'm at the right planet here. Just just tell me if you see any little green men running around or not. Uh and I think we're safe. I don't know. I, I, I unfortunately did not bring my GPS, but, uh, well, the GPS probably wouldn't have helped when we were going interplanetary. 
that's probably not. It's a galactic. Yeah, kind of uh, galactic. Positioning system. And, uh, I don't know if uh, I don't know if this thing comes with a good Navi computer, and it would take a few minutes because uh, this is not like dusting crops back home, you know. <laughs> I've heard that somewhere. Yeah, I don't know where. <laughs> But no, it's, it's been awesome meeting you and, and talking to you and, and and chatting about this quality entertainment. Oh, yes. And anytime you want to come talk about more quality entertainment, you come on back. And if Jedi Schwa manages to come with you, that's awesome, too. That would be awesome, since then we'll have a whole brain with us. All right. So how can people find Techno Retro Dads? Uh, well, you can find us at technoretrodads.com, although usually you can find us better through Shotglass Digital Network. Uh, you can catch us there where there's a whole lot of podcasts oh, yes. as a part of the Shot Glass Digital Network, like Skywalking Through Neverland that you had on just a few weeks ago. Yep. Uh, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Techno Retro Dads, or you can email us at podcast.techno, podcast at technoretrodads.com. Call us, check us out, listen to the show. Yeah, if you like the you show, you'll like their show too. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I've got to go and do your whole backlog now because it's all kinds of stuff that, well, some of it we've covered together, evidently. Yeah, it's just at different times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, and it's a lot of fun sharing it with, with you and with, with your listeners as well. And uh, we'll be sending our earbuds over to tune into this as well. Alright, I want to thank you once again for downloading and listening to the Neverland Podcast this week. It's always a pleasure to have you with me on these journeys every week, and I'm having an awful lot of fun. And we're coming up on our one-year anniversary here uh, with episode 52 here on November 30th. We will complete our first year. I plan on having the entire Neverland crew with me on that show. Uh, But I would like to remind you to uh, carry that pixie in your pocket so you can always spread some pixie dust in your life and on the lives of others. And by that I mean to keep yourself with a a pretty good attitude, as good as you can possibly make it. I know you're going to have some rough times this week, but if you can keep the right kind of attitude and share it with others by doing something nice for other people and sometimes just giving a smile and a good morning, uh, that helps spread that pixie dust. So carry that with you, and we'll see you next week when we're going to talk all about Big Hero 6 and have a little special audio from Friends of the Magic for Veterans Day. So come back next week. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and Blueberry. We love to hear from you on Twitter.com slash NeverlandPcast and Facebook.com slash NeverlandPodcast. Leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And send email to podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. Join us next week and we'll once again go to Disney and beyond. The Neverland Podcast is copyright Blue Band Productions and all original content belongs to the same. Other content is copyright of their respective creators and is used under Creative Commons license.